Hello and welcome to the Modern Maker Podcast. Today is Thursday, January 30th, 2020. Today, I'm here with Ben Ueda from Homemade Modern. I'm Mike Montgomery from Modern Builds and Chris Salamone from Four Eyes Furniture. If you guessed by the fact that I'm doing the intro, is not here. Again, Chris is, uh, he's just busy. He just got, he, he texted us and said, hey, can I just skip this one? And I've got a million things going on. I think he's trying to get a Kobe Bryant tribute project done. So, R.I.P. Jeez. I know. Crazy, right? Like, it's so weird. I mean, Kobe's always been the player that I most dis- sort of identified with just because he's, he's actually one day younger than me. He was born like the oh, day yeah. after me. You've mentioned that. So, yeah, he was always the player. When he retired, I'm like, oh, sh-. like, I'm old. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was, it, that was so surreal. You just don't, you don't expect him to go before like Bill Russell. Not at all. Yeah, I know. And, and for me, he's like that whole era of Kobe, Derek Fisher, yeah. and Shaq. That was like the era of Lakers that got me interested in basketball, them and Allen Iverson on the 76ers. So, yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, the thing, the thing people always say, because it's always true, is it just makes you realize Time short, get everything done, tell people how you feel about them, mostly on the good side, I don't know. But yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's, it's just another one of those things that like, uh, you know, no matter, it's just also surprising too that, you know, people that, that have sort of the world at their fingertips when sort of tragedy happens to them. I think there's this sort of perception that the more successful and famous that you are, the more you're insulated from hardship yep. and tragedy, but no, not, not the case, so. We should all just feel grateful for, for everything we got and, and every day. That's right. And keep two feet on the ground. Yeah. Helicopters, man. Whew. I don't even know. Yeah, exactly. But enough of that. Yeah. It's sad news. And for anybody that's uh, especially upset about it, our hearts go out to you and the Bryant family. But anyways, I've got really good news. Maker Brain, Simple Finish is back in stock. And I know it feels weird to go into a plug right after that. And I can see it on your face where you're like, ooh, Mike. No. Really smooth. No. <laughs> no, I, I think it's time. Like, you know, he wasn't a personal friend. He was someone that we were very aware of. But uh, yeah, there's, there's plenty of content on the internet that's, uh, that's doing a great job of eulogizing him. So that's true. We're going to get back to, to building and making and we'll shop talk. Yes. So on that note, Simple Finish, like I said, is back in stock. And this is our biggest production run that we've done. So hopefully we're in stock longer than we have been before. With that being said, though, I think the past three times we've been able to relaunch, we've been able to carry inventory for about two days. So if you're somebody that's been looking and been waiting, grab grab a quart or two while you can. And we're already producing our next run now. So it's just a matter of time before that gets finished and we'll be back in stock. In a perfect world, we're going to be continuously carrying inventory forever, but that's just as we're building our manufacturing and building our fulfillment, we're getting as much product as we can while we can. So you can just go to makerbrandco.com slash simple finish, check that out and let us know how you like it. And if you build something and use simple finish, share it on Instagram and tag us. We always love seeing the projects you guys are building, whether you're using simple finish or not, but especially if you're using simple finish. Mike, so you're, we're doing the fulfillment now. So do you think you'll ever do like a video just about some of that process of how do you get the sort of the big drums of the raw materials and then sort of get those into the finished packaging and all that stuff? Yeah, I think so. I've been getting the, I guess the crash course this past week as we've been preparing for the relaunch. 
And it's a pretty interesting system. It's really cool, all the equipment that goes into it, because even the tools that it takes to open the openings of a 55-gallon drum is like this little specialty tool made for the the little spouts, I guess what you right. would call them, down to the pump itself, down to figuring out the best way to put on labels and all of that sort of stuff onto the actual can. So it's been really neat, and it's been a neat and an interesting just learning experience. And so, yeah. I think there'll be a point whenever I do, but I want to make sure that we've got everything locked down to right, it. Really develop the that. system first. Exactly. But it's cool, man. My parents are getting very good at this. I was I was watching them the other night and they, they got a they're system. a good team. I was about to say they're a good team. They got a system. And my mom does all of the labeling because she's got that attention to detail. My dad does all the filling. And I think that's just because my mom doesn't bother him while he's doing the filling. So he's like, yeah, this is my thing. I got it locked down. That's good. That, that's actually yeah. really important with sort of teamwork is carving out a small degree of, a, of autonomy so that you can yep. do your tasks uninterrupted, unjudged, and just feel like, okay, I got this. I'm the king uh, of this little domain and I'll, I'll lock it down while you do your thing. You know, everyone <laughs> involved with the same task is creates a lot of redundancies and can actually slow you down even with extra hands. But when everyone's got their own little space, that's really nice. Yeah. I just think it's a really cool thing. I mean, we took this from, you know, us packaging and fulfilling through just a legit fulfillment center that's doing that for a lot of different companies. And that's just their whole gig. And we've brought it completely in house. So maker brand, or at least simple finish, that aspect of maker brand has become like that much closer, I mean, literally to home, it's becoming more and more integrated. And that gives us more opportunities to do more product checks regularly. Every time a barrel gets opened, you know, we're doing, or I'm sorry, every time a barrel gets opened to, to fill cans, we're doing a test to make sure everything's good. So quality control is going up. We're able to do better customer service because if there ever is an issue, if something gets damaged in shipping or something like that, not only are we the people that packed it so we can see what went wrong and we're accountable for that, but also we just have that much faster of a turnaround. So it's really great and it's been fun. Aside from that, though, we've also got WorkbenchCon. We've got two big plugs at the top of the episode. Yeah. And I, they're not really even plugs, though. They're all stuff that we're just genuinely excited about. Right. So we're going to be at WorkbenchCon. It's coming up February 20th to 22nd. Actually, I might even start. There might be. We're getting there. Like you're getting to 19th. I'm getting there to 18th. Correct. So there's still a, a few tickets available, I think. So get yours. Come hang out. It's always fun. We're both doing talks. I'll be talking a little bit about the container house and also just about sort of what I'm planning, how I'm thinking about social media, not as the primary business sort of focus anymore, more as a as a way to market bigger things that I'm working on. So That'll be some some new content from me that haven't really talked about anywhere else. And uh, also some, yeah, behind the scenes stuff about the, the Container House series and how, how that all came about. So get your tickets, just Google WorkbenchCon, you'll see it, and hopefully we'll see you there. Yeah, and it should be a ton of fun. Past two years have been great, so we're going for the trifecta. Yeah, old fashions for everyone. <laughs> Once again, yeah, learn my lesson. All right, no, I'm so what you're working on? I saw the white... Concrete countertops. I saw you hand packing that in there. Really <sighs> impressed with uh with the fact that you didn't use too much water. Have yes. you taken them out of the molds yet? I haven't. So I used a bunch of acrylic fortifier in the mix. 
And what they say is leave it in the form for about four days if you're doing that. And so I'm going to be busting that out really soon. I think I said I would be busting it out on the last episode, but I didn't. I just got caught up actually with a lot of maker brand fulfillment. That was when our big shipment came in. And so we've been working on that for the past few days mostly. But yeah, the whole making the form and everything like that was pretty interesting. It took me a little bit to figure out my whole scheme for making the recessed basically little section that the sink is going to be able to drop into. I think I talked about this last week where I've got a top mount sink, but I don't want it just sitting on top of the counter. So I made a little recess. You just used thin plywood or? Yeah. And I used some real thin paneling to do it. And I just ended up doing three or four layers of paste wax. That way it'll separate really cleanly, but I've got high hopes and dude, mixing your own concrete though sucks so much i've never appreciated quickrete yeah more than after i get done doing that it's just messy it's really messy and it's just a thing where when you have one bag and you dump it and add water that's really great but when you're carrying around all these 80 pound bags of different stuff it just gets and dry mixing is so dusty that dust it's a really fine you know dust that gets just gets everywhere yeah i've definitely done it before the pre-mix bag is super convenient but this way you're getting your own sort of custom formulation and you're exactly. getting a, just a real clean white concrete. Yeah, totally worth it. But I think next time I do a big concrete project, it would have to be bigger than what I did now. But if I do a big concrete project, I'm going to definitely mix, rent just a mixer from Home Depot. Yeah. Just throw all the ingredients in and let it do its thing. But yeah, I mean, that's really it from for me. I've been working on the uh, I've been working on the theater room. I've been working on some maker brand stuff, but nothing over the top. Gotcha. So pretty much you just have to finish the sink, install the faucet, install the sink. But that's like a one day thing. It's like, oh, I do have a cool update on the uh, on the kitchen project, though. So my initial plan was I just wanted everything to be real clean, really white. That's pretty much how I kind of default a lot of times. And as I've been building out the kitchen, as I, you know, as I got the floors in, as I got the counter or as I got the cabinets in, and now that I'm getting the, the countertops finished, I, I'm kind of looking at everything and I'm just taking mental photos and I'm really, and I'm realizing just how light everything is with the blonde maple or I'm sorry, birch plywood that I used on everything. I've got a really light colored blue fridge and those white countertops. And so I started doing a little Googling. And this is something that I knew about, but it's not something that I looked into, but it it almost parlays into what Chris was talking about last week with all the vinyl stickers and vinyl decals on cars. Mm. They make vinyl peel and stick wallpaper that apparently like goes on really, really easy. You can even throw it over like lightly textured walls, but it's not permanent. It'll stay on forever until you peel it off. But when you do peel it off, it doesn't leave any residue and they've got them in a million different prints and they've got some really cool ones. And so on my Instagram story, which if you listen to the podcast, when it goes live, my Instagram stories might still be up, but I'm, I'm thinking about leaving it up to my Instagram viewers to sort of do a quick round robin tournament to choose what design that I use basically as a backsplash for that small wall. There's some that are like some really cool geometric hexagon patterns that look pretty modern, but they're real still clean and simple. But I've also got a couple of very like art deco designs almost, which I think really work well for a theater room that kind of like great Gatsby look, but obviously toned down a little bit. 
So I think I'm going to end up throwing those up on my Instagram story yep. and seeing what the viewers think. I'll let them vote on it. I'm looking at the picture of the cabinets with the fridge in them. So the, the yeah. little kitchen setup. And I, I see what you're saying right now is when you put those white countertops on top of that light wood, I think what's going to happen a little bit is it's going to be hard to photograph it and get the definition of the white countertop because the wall is the same color. Yeah, and I'm just concerned everything will sort of blow out. Right. Yeah, I, th- I think the, the vinyl is, is an interesting option. I also think even just putting a few floating shelves on that wall. That's the plan. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, I think actually that will make a big difference and it'll cast some shadows that help articulate those edges. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So, so and then also just staging, you know, even even all the little things like the the faucet and, you know, putting like a little tiny dish rack type thing or, you know, like little little knickknacks or a vase or something on the, the countertop will help help keeping it, as Emmett Smith would say, getting too blowed out. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think that's true. Anytime, anytime you can just like separate things a little bit, that'll help. Yeah, I like the idea of doing open shelves in that space, especially because I can do pretty shallow shelves and it won't look too weird. It'll just clean everything up because it doesn't need a ton of storage. Are you thinking just like a shelf cabinet. for like they'll hold like a single glass depth? Exactly. Like four inches or three inches or something? Yeah. And I really like the idea of doing those, the vinyl wallpaper on this wall because for one, it just wipes clean. So it's kind of like a backsplash, but because it's going to be such a light duty kitchenette, that it doesn't need to be that heavy duty. You know what I'm trying to say? It's 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 kind of the perfect mix for that product, I think. It's the right amount of duty. <laughs> it's medium duty. Medium duty, exactly. What about you, though? What have you been working on? Have you been building much? I have been working on... I just realized I haven't, I haven't published anything in a while on Instagram or that. I've, <laughs> I've been waiting for approvals. So I'm waiting on Tuft & Needle to approve two different beds. I have awesome. a ton of content in the can, as they say in the biz. Yeah. So I have the two bed videos that are, are ready. I'm just waiting on them to approve them. I have all the stuff from Andrew Schultz's studio that I'm just finishing up the edits on now. So I got a sofa, that big, you know, organic looking table. I have the studio build out. So I probably have like six videos in the can that are just all kind of waiting on the dominoes to fall in the right place. Yeah. The the thing I've been working on the building side is I've been working on the truck. So I Oh yeah. Yeah. So I installed the roof rack on the the cab of my Toyota Tacoma. And then I installed solar panels on that. The really dicey part is I drilled a hole through the roof of my truck. <laughs> yeah, Which it's just it's just I mean it's a 2019, it's a very new truck. You know, it just feels weird drilling a hole through a new vehicle. But yeah, that definitely qualifies as dicey. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But uh, shout out to Jason Andrade from West Coast Sustainables. I was talking to him. I'm like, how, how should I get the wires through cleanly? And he recommended these. He said, oh, just go on Amazon, search for RV solar kit flashing. And they make these kind of valves and gaskets that are great for running wires through a vehicle. And then they mm. seal up really nice and really clean. So I used those. Those worked out great. I had to drill a one-inch diameter hole through the through the roof because the, the, the wires on the solar panels actually have a pretty good-sized plugs. And then use rubber grommets around the sheet metal so the sharp metal edges don't cut the wires. 
And then I put this housing over that that kind of seals it all up. So I now have solar panels installed on the roof of my truck. Right now I just have one 100 watt panel, which is actually like a pretty good sized one. I have room for two, but I don't think I'm going to need that much capacity. So what right. I've been building now is I took out, so I have the the crew cab. So it's a it's a six foot bed, which is, so they make a five foot bed to Tacoma and a six foot bed in the four wheel drive one. So I got the, the off-road package because out here in the desert, you actually, actually comes in pretty handy. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted originally to get the access cab one, you know, with just has the two doors with the little kind of like, you know, where you have to tilt the seat back. Those were not in stock and it was going to take me like eight months to wait for, a, you know, a new production batch of those. So I got the crew cab and then behind the driver's side seat is an individual seat and I took that seat out. I just unbolted it, came out real clean. And then I'm installing a, I welded together a steel structure that's going to fit back there. And that's going to hold one of the Goal Zero battery banks. It's going to hold my Ryobi supercharger. It's going to hold a charger for my uh, really big Milwaukee tool batteries. Dang. And then it's also has a bunch of, I put some drawers in it. So it's basically like a, you know, a toolbox behind the driver's seat that can also charge all my batteries. So I can have two Milwaukee batteries and six Ryobi batteries all charging at the same time. And then I installed the deck system in the the bed of the truck which will hold a lot of the power tools so i'm basically turning into a a mobile work site so this I was is about to say that's going to be like a legit like that's a contractor truck like real contractors are going to be looking at that jealous yeah so it can it has enough to really charge all my tools and the the goal zero battery bank is big enough where i don't need the solar to keep up with the tools in real time, even though it probably will with the amount that I use them. Mm-hmm. I can probably, I could probably do three to four full work days using all the tools and recharging all the batteries before needing, you know, even with no solar before the, the goal zero we need to be charged. So that's plenty of time for the, the solar panels to keep it topped off. So I was going to say, because it'll just be trickle charging and maintaining that battery to where it never really even dips below 90% probably. Right. So yeah, I'm, I'm s- super stoked. I, I, I'm excited for this. I have, I've never done like much car or truck kind of modification. And this is not really like, you know, I'm, I'm adding a new bumper, but yeah, this first video will come out pretty excited about it in the next couple weeks. And then I'll probably do a follow-up one where I got this really like, badass looking you know off-road bumper you know one of the big old brush guard ones that has like a winch in it and stuff yeah so the follow-up video will probably have show some part of that install i won't do it myself because i don't have a way to lift you know the truck up to, to get underneath it and then i'll probably i'm working on some design ideas for a truck mounted panel saw I really Yeah, we've talked about this a little bit doing it out of like stainless steel too right so it never rusts stainless steel I might mix in some aluminum just to keep the weight down and also the cost down because stainless is expensive, man. Is it? Yeah. So, oh, the other cool thing is, so I had to figure out a way to flash the interior of the hole that I cut through the kind of upholstered liner on the roof of the truck. And right. so I actually got to use some some very practical 3D printing applications. And I printed out a nice little grommet that's totally my style and, and, and looks pretty badass. So Cool. Yeah, I remember you throwing that on your Instagram story, kind of like, you know, asking for suggestions or whatever. 
And I was going to ask if anybody had some good suggestions, because I remember looking at that thinking the outside is kind of, I don't know, almost self-explanatory, but I guess instead of going for the like blended outlook, you're just fully embracing the fact that you've got some kind of thing there to cover the hole or to work it in. Right. Right. Though, I mean, the wire is going to be showing it's a nice looking clean black wire. But yeah. And I want it to look like it's been modified and and, you know, I, I don't need it to look like a pristine hot rod interior. I want this. This yeah. is a work truck, so it has sort of a workshop aesthetic. But I'm I'm excited to just have the truck as a sort of secondary mobile, you know, home office slash, slash workstation. The other really think nice thing about the Goal Zero is that a lot of contractors they're not actually if you're a GC and you have a good sized crew, you're not actually doing that much physical work. You're so busy, you know, just making sure materials are coming on time, coordinating with the different subcontractors, talking with the client, that a lot of the general contractors I know, it's like they use their truck almost as a mobile office. And the the last general contractor I worked with, he would always just have his truck running so he could just like be working off of his laptop charged to the, to the plug so it wasn't draining his battery completely. And having the goal zero is kind of nice because you can just sort of like camp out in the, in the truck too and use it as a, as, as a second office. So I think I might take the other back seat that's next to the goal zero and make some sort of little desk that hangs off of the passenger seat so that you can kind of have a nice little workstation setup, push that passenger's you know, seat all the way up and have a good little place to, to get stuff done. Yeah. And you still got two seats in the back. So it's not like you're yeah. taking up the whole back seat or you're making it to where it's not like useful as a truck or yeah. like as an actual vehicle. So that's you, cool. It, it can still fit four people tightly and three people super comfortable. That's awesome. So, and yeah. that's, I, I don't, you know, I don't haul around that many people. Oh, and speaking of stuff you were posting on your Instagram story, what's this book? Willpower doesn't work. I feel like this might've been your obsession or something like that, but I saw you posting about it and I did a little Googling. Yeah. What, what's the thing behind that? I don't know why it got me interested, it, but it, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those books that when I found about it, I'm like, Oh, I've been thinking about this, right? Like it, it, it resonated in the sense that it's, it comes to, you know, scientifically researched conclusions that I've always kind of felt personally. So, you know, if it, it, it was really awesome. So it's really easy to tell people to have more discipline or just more willpower, but it's really difficult to actually, it's, it's never that simple just to be like, oh, well, just, just, just change, just quit this or just do more of this. and. This book really talks about how it's interesting because you could take the same conclusions and frame them a few different ways. The way he frames them is that it's a lot about environmental design. So you've heard mm-hmm. the term that your your personality or your character is is the sum of the five people that you're closest to. Oh, okay. I haven't heard that particularly, but it makes sense. Yeah. Right. We're 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 influenced, right? If you hang out with people that speak with a certain slang, you're gonna pick that up. We are, you know, we're social creatures that sort of adapt to our, our environments. So whether you're trying to lose weight, you know, you know, if it's just about, Oh, I can walk by the, every study have shown that if you have more junk food in the house, you're going to eat more of it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Surprise. Regardless of your willpower. And it just really talks about how, you know, if you're struggling with these kind of things and it's not very self-helpy at all, it's much more clinical and just sort of mm-hmm. observing human behavior, and then you kind of make your conclusions for yourself, which I which I like. I don't. I feel like that's less patronizing. And so the the reason I'm interested in the 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 book is I'm interested in it from 
sort of a design standpoint. So like, for example, if you're sort of, if you have a lot of work at a computer, is there a way to design a desk that reduces your, that structures your productivity a little bit more intentionally? So yeah, I, I be- or like limits that fatigue of when you're sitting at a computer. Cause I was thinking sort of the same thing yesterday, it was real rainy, real overcast. So I wasn't able to film. So I just sort of went into town and I sat at a couple of coffee shops, chilled out all day. But after I was, after I was doing that for about nine hours, because none of those seats are the most comfortable in the world, it was, it was silly because I was doing no physical labor, right. but it was like taxing. So like my back was starting to get all cramped up. I was and having to sit in weird positions to get comfortable. And it was just one of those things where it was, it's funny sitting at a desk doesn't make you tired, but it is, there's some kind of fatigue that goes with that. And even the example of you, you like to go to coffee shops to do editing or do crank out computer work because you're yeah. less distracted and you know, you're only there for one reason to do that thing. Willpower. <laughs> right. I have no, like I have no distractions. No, yeah. and, that, and that's, that's really common. You know, people have to sort of associate these different environments with things in, in order to sort of help maintain habits that they actually, they want. It's, it's just, it's just weird how complicated and how we can say that we want to do something like, oh, I want to eat healthy and how quickly we can undermine that with these sort of conflicting wants. Mm -hmm. And what he sort of talks about, it's hard to just white knuckle and be like, okay, I'm just going to give up on this or I'm going to do more of this. But if you sort of say, oh, when I do, when I structure my environment this way, I'm more likely to do this. When I put my phone in the drawer and shut it all the way where it's out of sight and I can't see it like, you know, notification badge popping up, it makes me less likely to get distracted by Instagram or just responding to a text that actually can wait. And then I get a bigger chunk of work done by just sort of staring at my main computer screen for an hour while I edit video or send emails or that kind of stuff. So it's about minimizing sort of distractions, sort of building in reward systems. And again, it's what I, I don't trust books that are like, here's your epiphany. Like here's the secret to everything. Right. There isn't, but I like ones that just very plainly state that there are, there aren't any silver bullets that are going to fix everything, but there's these little things that can all make you like, 10% 10% better here, or maybe 20% better here. And then the key is to stack those improvements on top of each other. And then the next thing you know, you're, you're performing at, you know, double the rate. So yeah, I'm interested in it from sort of like a desk design. I've been thinking about how do I make a desk where, you know, like, so if I, if I was to do a lot of computer work, let's say I'm going to sit down and do like a three to four hour editing session, you know, what do I want in that environment? I want a convenient place to put a coffee or a water where it can't get knocked over and spilled. I want to stay yeah. hydrated. I want to stay energized. I want to stay stay on task. So maybe I build in some cup holders to them that are that are just right at the periphery so I can kind of still be aware of them. They're completely locked down so they can't be spilled. Then phone becomes another thing. Sometimes you need to get an image off of your phone or you need to look up a, an Instagram hashtag that you're referencing or something like that. For sure. Yeah. So you want the phone accessible, but maybe not too visible. So how do right. you, how, you know, where does that store? And if it can charge, it might as well. You know what I mean? Right. How do you work in your archives, right? Like a all your hard drives that have like previous files that you may need to reference and stuff like that. Yeah. So I've, I've been actually thinking of building a desk that's much more like a big box on legs. So you're almost like looking into it rather than it being just a surface that's, that's completely open. 
I almost That's think cool. that like having some sort of blinders. So you almost like put your head in your head's almost in the desk. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then, I mean, if you're doing that, then you can almost have some kind of like soundproofing element to it. That's as what well. I was thinking too. Right. Like, look, we all know that like a great productivity hack is to, is to take your kind of like, you're kind of like, I'm tired, but not ready to go to bed time yet. And like clean the shop because then, you know, yeah. when you start energetic the next day, you're going to come in It's a wide open, clean shop, floor swept, tools are in the right place. You just know that that's going to, that's going to speed up your next day. And it's a great way to use that kind of like semi-productive time at the end of the day. So I think uh, designing a desk that makes that even easier and more likely. So you're coming to a clean, organized desk more often, I think will only sort of improve productivity. The other things that I've been thinking is a lot about sort of organization. So a book like Marie Kondo's book, the, the sort of, the art of tidying up that book did so well. And there's a lot of cynical people that say, Oh yeah, just, just get rid of more of your shit. Like just have less stuff. Like, come on, man, you don't need a book for that. Well, minimalism, bro. Well, that's not wrong. There's some people that don't need a book of it, but you know what? There's more of people that really like that book. (laughs) Yeah. That book sold millions of copies. (laughs) And that it's helped too. You know what I mean? Like people that have actually benefited from it. Right. So it's, it's not as simple as just like, get rid of get rid of your stuff be more clean and organized creating sort of narratives and structures around it and i'm interested in taking some of the ideas and the willpower doesn't work and trying to find and so i've actually been talking to the author we're gonna have a call soon to kind of discuss how do we take some of these ideas about sort of environmental design and how it relates to human behavior and how do we sort of translate that into diy projects because i also feel when i read books like that I want like a physical takeaway, like, okay, do this, build this, do this, and that'll help it make it easier to hit your sort of organizational and productivity goals. So I think, think being able to take a, for someone that's like a digital freelancer or that works from home digitally, like how do we actually not just create a home office that like looks cute? How do we actually make one that makes you better, right? Yeah. And then if you're sort of a messy person, like I tend to be, you know, how do we design closets that aren't just to organize things when you have like a free weekend to organize things, but how do we make it so that it it's designed around your day-to-day habits to keep you a little bit tidier and more organized? Right. It's like, don't have a closet where you have to hang everything if that's what you hate most. It's yeah. like, if you're a person that, if if the best thing you can do is hang it, but you won't do it, but if you like have a folding system that you'll actually use, then that's actually better. Yeah. Yeah, I dig that. Or the same thing with like so many people are interested in like whether it's recycling or composting or all this sort of things. But at the end of the day is like if you could build a system that you could just like work your daily life into to where it's not this additional thing, then I think a lot more people would probably do it. Yeah. So I like that a lot. So the book There's is. A, uh, oh, go oh, ahead. Yeah. So the book is Willpower Doesn't Work. There's an audio version. So for all you. I mean, if you're listening to this, you like listening to informational content via your earbuds. So check out the audio book and the, but if you are someone that likes to read, the ebook's only like $4 too. It's like cool, super affordable. So check it out. Nice. And on that same topic, and the reason that I, I think the reason that whenever you posted that on your Instagram story, it kind of caught my eye. One, y'all have the same first name. But that's not what I was going to bring up. Yeah. I've been I've been watching this YouTube channel, and I had been exposed to him a couple times before, but I don't know. I'm I'm slow to like hop on a bandwagon and start watching like a bunch of content from any one person. Uh, but this guy's name is Matt, like 
it's Matt Davella, I would say. Yeah, and anybody that watches him knows. But, you know, it's all around the majority of what he does is kind of around productivity or like, you know, trying to create some kind of pro, uh, like productive A little bit of minimalism, de- too. Yeah, exactly. And, and just sort of like developing good habits. And the thing that I really dug of his is he started, I think he did it every month last year. He did like a 30 day challenge, essentially, where it was like, you know, cold showers for 30 days, journaling for 30 days, waking up at five in the morning for 30 days, you know, and just testing and then just giving like honest feedback. Like, and it was kind of funny, like on a few of them, there was almost like the opposite of what you would expect the, his reaction to be. And one would be the waking up at five in the morning. He's like, it actually hurt my productivity. He's like, I'm not somebody that wakes up particularly early, but I would say I wake up, you know, around eight o'clock every day. He's like, but waking up at five made me drag so much the rest of the day that it actually, I got less done. And he's like, it's not that doing that test was the worst thing in the world. Now I don't have to feel bad about waking up at eight or eight 30 when other people are waking up earlier than me. He's like, you, you uh, can't cheat his, sleep. You need a certain amount of sleep period. Exactly. And, and your, so your brain doesn't work as well when you don't get it. So yeah. Yeah. And I like that idea of one, like committing to something for 30 days, you can do anything for 30 days, but it's almost like this self-regulation check where you decide, you know, this is a thing that might benefit me or maybe not, who knows, but you test it. And then once you do it, you actually know. So I'm not on some kind of crazy commitment level like this guy, or I'm not, you know, turning it into some kind of content strategy. But I have, so I'm like a quarter of the way through like a completely sober month and I've been journaling as well. And I found, I mean, journaling has actually been a little more beneficial than anything else because it's a really nice way of just getting your thoughts down and digesting the things that have been swirling through your mind the whole day anyways. But it's something that I'm kind of just like looking forward to for the rest of however long I do this is do having a commitment to something with an out, right. not saying like, okay, I'm done with this forever. I'm cutting this out or I'm starting something forever. It's just this idea of I'm going to commit really hard to something for a short period of time. Cause you know, cause once again, to say the same thing, like if anybody watches Joe Rogan, you, you know, it's like, you can do anything for 30 days. Right. Like, and so, so yeah, it's been interesting and I've been into his content and it was a weird parallel because a lot of what, I'm getting out of what you were talking from that book is similar to a lot of his content in a way. Right. So I think the key for the, the, the morning thing I think is really interesting because, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll see something from like Jocko Willink, you know, that kind of badass like Navy SEAL guy. And he's always waking up like four o'clock in the morning. I'm like, one, <laughs> that sounds miserable. I really like that guy. I think he's just like awesome in general, but that waking up at four o'clock in the morning. I'm like, well, that doesn't mean you have to go to bed at like seven o'clock at night. <laughs> I was about to say, that's when I went to bed last night. So yeah. Right. You, you, no one can cheat sleep. The, the less sleep you get, the more foggy your brain's gonna, gonna be. And like all the studies showing that your brain uses sleep to basically clean like plaque out of your, the, the little blood vessels and stuff in your brain. So you, you always need sleep. It's just, how are you getting it? So it isn't about waking up early. It's about waking up fast right? So the way to increase productivity relative to sleep, it doesn't matter if you wake up at eight o'clock, five o'clock, nine o'clock. It matters that you don't hit a snooze button and that you go from sleeping to awake really quickly because it's oh, like- Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So if you spend, you could set your alarm for four and then get out of bed at 4.30, but it would have been better just to set it at 4.30 and get out of bed at 4.31 because then you got an extra half hour of sleep, which is better for your health. 
And so it's like getting out of bed fast would be like the productivity hack. So then that becomes the design challenge. How do we design a bed that gets you out of bed fast? Now, obviously, I like that a lot. Yeah. Tyler Bell, let's collab on a rocket launcher bed that just sort of like <laughs> Murphy's <laughs> Murphy's you right out of there. Or, you know, like a Simone Gertz where she, she makes a uh, an alarm clock that slaps her in the face. Or there's even yeah. like a guy that I saw that he made an alarm clock coffee maker. So it's just like the coffee's right there. Now, mm. in college, I had my own hack for this system. And so what I would do is I would take a five-hour energy and I would put it right next to my <laughs> bed. And I called this the chemical snooze button. So I had like okay. a five-minute snooze. So the snooze button would go off. I'd kind of wake up groggy take the shot of five hour energy and then like go back to sleep. And then, you know, then all it takes a few minutes for the, for the caffeine to hit you, but then I would come rocketing out of bed. So it's like, I would get that extra, I still get some of the gratification of that snooze. Cause it is nice to just be like, Oh, I'm awake, but oh, it's so warm and comfy in here. But yeah. So then I would be like, I'd get a little more snooze time and then come flying out of bed. Cause all of a sudden, like, you know, <laughs> five hour, be on 10. Yeah. So <laughs> I had that hack. The other really good one that I think is that if you have a programmable thermostat where, you know, maybe you go to bed at like 68 degrees, but if it's like in the winter, you know, it, it sucks to get out of bed when it's cold. And so a lot of people just stay under the covers because it's warm, not because necessarily they are trying to get more sleep. So yeah, setting your thermostat so it like gets nice and warm and toasty in the morning. So it's slowly, you know, like an hour before you're supposed to get up. It starts slowly raising the temperature like a degree every 15 minutes. And so the next thing you know, you're like, oh, it's nice and warm. All right, I'm going to get out and take a shower and get going. So, yeah, I like that. So designing a system that just makes it more conducive and just also like enjoyable, right? I'm tempted to do the kind of coffee maker bed idea. The thing I don't like is the cleaning it up, you know? Mm hmm. I think yeah. it would be great for like a Keurig type system or something like that. But, you know, but the pods are not like a great sort of environmental thing. So, but maybe Nespresso to where it just gives you that espresso shot. You wake up, it's almost like a five hour energy. It's just that little like high octane, right. little, little hitter. But yeah, having a routine for falling asleep fast and getting up fast, I think is more important than, you know, what time you go to bed or what time you wake up. Nice. Yeah, I agree. So anyways, I think throughout the year, I'm going to be trying different little habits because I think I definitely think the journaling thing will stick the whole, you know, no drinking or no, you know, anything else. I don't know how I feel about that. It's fine to do for 30 days, but in moderation, it's a great thing. But yeah, we I think journaling is going to stick. that much anyways. I mean, when you're out, when you're in California, I, I think you're, you drink more when you're in Oklahoma around your yeah. sort of your, your, your boys. Cause that, yeah, because we'll just go out on the weekends. Make a ranch a like crazy. Yeah, make a ranch. We don't like we'll 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 do whiskeys. We'll do some red wine with a good dinner. Yeah. We'll do an occasional yeah, we'll, beer here and there. But we're not like it's rare that we have more than like three or four drinks. Exactly. And when we do, it's that blends. It's that. It's that. That blends it's or that, that Nika. Uh, I was about to say, what do you even call that? Like it's that. It's that good whiskey. It's the yeah. Oh, blends is so good. <laughs> it's the bomb i know i was watching i could use uh, one right now <laughs> yeah it's funny i was i i came downstairs and my parents were watching this show it was i don't even remember what it was but it was kind of on one of those like smaller cable networks but it was it was a whiskey sort of documentary tv show and as immediately as i walked down it's showing like the bottling facility of blanton's 
and I walk down and I'm like, oh, that's Blaine's because of the bottle is really recognizable. That whole faceted sort of like look. Yeah. That- and anyways, long story short, I got to get a bottle so my dad can try it out because he really is into whiskey. Oh, yeah. And he didn't like Nika that much. I bought a bottle and he tried it. And what I like about it is what he dislikes about it. It's too smooth. He's like, it's a little too smooth. It's a little too, it doesn't have enough bite, essentially, is what he's saying. So Blaine's also is really smooth, but it does have a little bit more of a round kind of full bodied flavor. Yeah, it's got a little more of that kind of like, you taste more of like the the wood that it was aged in, I feel. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Maybe I'll try to get some, I think we're doing like a little pre get together with Johnny Brooks in Atlanta. So maybe I'll try to see if I can wrestle up a bottle what's the uh what's the airport stores where they don't have you don't have to pay taxes oh the duty free that's it this has been the speaking of duty, duty. yeah this has been the, <laughs> yeah that's a weird word it sounds it like is. poop <laughs> it's like it has like so many weird like kind of not official meetings like super duty heavy duty light duty it does duty free yeah all the duties yeah all right man what are you obsessed with all right so one, I would say that YouTube channel, whatever it is, Matt Davella. Check that out. He has a podcast too. Oh, does he? What is it? What's what would the week to week episode of his stuff? What does he talk about? Oh, same stuff. He does interviews with people that are, you know, similarly interested in. Awesome. That's actually an amazing segue. This was something I wanted to ask last week. For anybody that's going to work BingeCon or even anybody that's not going to make it to work BingeCon, check out the the sort of like lineup or check out the roster. Because I'm going to be taking a quick mobile podcasting setup. And I'm also going to take at least one camera, maybe two cameras, so that while we're there, I can maybe get like four or five podcasts recorded with some of our favorite, you know, makers and all of that sort of stuff. So if you see the lineup and there's anybody that you particularly think we should get an episode with, let me know. Shoot me a DM at Modern Builds and I'll be sure to uh, reach out and see if they're interested because I want to make a few episodes while we're there. Obsessions. I've got it. This is this is for all the Office fans out there, which I know there's plenty. Yeah, because it's the best TV show that's ever been made. Most popular something show on that, Netflix. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, something I stumbled upon and was surprised that I hadn't realized sooner is that the entire library of deleted scenes for the Office is on YouTube in a playlist. It's got like it's maybe missing a few episodes. It's got like 147 the Office deleted scenes, and all of them are about five minutes, ten minutes long. And it's the weirdest thing because each episode goes by pretty quick, but I've seen The Office all the way through maybe six times. I've watched it way more than I would really like to admit. And so as I'm watching these deleted scenes episodes, I know exactly where they fit into the series. So it's like I'm rewatching The Office, but I'm seeing scenes I've never even seen before. So it's like I'm rewatching the show, but it's all new. It's like the weirdest, it's the weirdest sort of like kind of thing. But it had me thinking, I remember back in the day, whenever I was young, when CDs were the thing, I would go to this store, it was called FYE, it was a chain, it was called For Your Entertainment. And the reason I would go there is because they, like, they sold, they sold new CDs, but they also sold, like, pre-owned CDs, so they were, like, a really good deal. But while I was at that store, I would always see, like, DVD box sets of shows. Is this the reason people would buy box sets, so it would have, like, deleted scenes and people could watch that sort of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was 
like the there were always like there was like the DVD box set that would have extra DVDs would always have like director's commentary where you could watch the movie right. with just like the actors and the directors sort of but going what if, over it. But what if it was like what if you bought a DVD of of like How I Met Your Mother or Seinfeld or something like that? Would it have something similar? Well, see, I would never buy those because you know I'm not doing cool shit, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, well i didn't buy them either that's why i'm curious yeah they, they they would package a lot of extras into sort of dvds dvds were kind of like the patreon of back in the day where it had like the yeah. little bit of bonus content okay for the <laughs> for funny. the hardcores yeah but yeah like i i remember more dvds from like movies and stuff and they would have like you know some of them had really good director's commentary cool yeah all right and then my uh my maker related obsession is someone I've shouted out before, but man, he's the homie and his stuff's blowing up right now. I could not be more excited. And it is Alex from the channel, Mr. Build It. Yeah. He, he's put out three or four videos recently all around this bathroom renovation that he's been working on. He did an amazing sort of like vanity build out where he did all custom doors. The entire thing really is custom, but the doors specifically on that project are what really stood out to me. They're amazing. There are these sort of slatted doors that look really great. He, ma- he chose a really awesome backsplash with this herringbone pattern with subway tiles. It was just like a really good combination of natural wood tones, you know, light, light, fresh colors or not colors, but just pops of like really clean white. But he mixed in like a lot of black accents to where like all the hardware, the faucets, the grout for the tile are, are all black. The mirrors are black or the frames of the mirrors are black and they look super clean. So shout out to him on that. He just recently did a video where he took out, which this I know had a lot of controversy because I, I dipped down into the comment section on the video where he took out the shower and the bathtub of his bathroom and turned it into one gigantic shower. And there was a lot of people that were very upset with him for doing that. They did not like the fact that he took out the bathtub, but that video is blowing up. I think it's been out for a couple weeks. And it's already over a million views. And then he just recently, I think today I was looking at Instagram before we started recording this podcast and he put out a sliding barn door video that's got some really cool patterns, kind of geometric look using slats of wood. It's great, man. So if you're not already following Mr. Build It, we both did a patio renovation as well, partnering with Home Depot. And so he's the man. And yeah, you should check check it out. He's just got a really good channel. Mr. Build uh, It. I was about to say, his content, he's always super positive. He's super motivated and gets a heck of a lot done. So he's the man. Yeah. Alex is, is awesome, too. And you better be careful if you come at him in the comment sections because he will light you up. He does. He fires back. I like it. He's saucy. All right. Yeah. For me, it's just that the book willpower doesn't work. Other than that, I don't think I've been consuming too much content. Just uh, Just hanging out, doing a little building. Next week, hopefully, we'll have... Mr. Chris back. He can tell us all about his his Kobe project. I'm kind of curious what he's doing. Any any guesses? Okay, so I saw something where he was like, I think he was customizing shoes on Instagram where I, I saw a photo where it looked like he was customizing shoes or something. I don't know if they were Kobe's. They were Nike's. I remember they were like Nike high tops. And I know Kobe's like Nike elites are super high tops. So I don't know if that's what he's doing, but he's been keeping it like really low key with us. He was like, hey, man. I'm just super busy, super swamped. I'm trying to get this thing done. He's like, I'm going to be pulling a couple all-nighters. So we let him off the hook. We'll see what it is, though. All right. I'm sure the video is going to be out either Thursday or Friday. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And come see us at WorkbenchCon. That's right. I'm at Modern Builds. Ben is at Benjamin Ueda. And we'll see you next time on the Modern Maker Podcast. Bye, everybody. Bye.